today, I want to take a moment and talk about the right people in your life. All right? Power of two words, okay? Something happens in the atmosphere when I talk about the right people. How many of you know it's a totally different message if I said, I want to take a moment and talk about the wrong people in your life? How many get really nervous, like, am I going to come up? No. Um, I want to spend a moment and talk about the right people in your life. Because one of the things I've realized in discipleship, especially in the States, especially in, in Western culture, is discipleship a lot of times is, is information overload. Like, the more you know, somehow, the, 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 the more spiritual you are. Unfortunately, nothing could be farther from the truth. In fact, I've found that one of the keys to our spiritual growth is cultivating the right people in our life. It's getting connected with, with the right people. And oftentimes, it's divinely orchestrated. Like, yeah, we leaned into them, so to speak, but really, they came across our path by divine design. Man, God did it. We, or accidentally it happened, you know? It was a divine appointment. But there, there's a truth to being a sitting duck and assuming you have the right people in your life. But what I want to do today is to encourage you to have an assessment, to begin to think, even as I'm preaching and teaching, about the closest people, the, the nearest voices in your life. Because one of the things I've noticed is, Yes, God is divinely orchestrating people in our life, and we're grateful for that. Amen? Amen. But the enemy of our soul also <laughs> loves to try to get us connected with the wrong people in our life. Or the enemy of our soul oftentimes will bring the wrong voices in our life. Because you think about, how does God go about his work on earth? He uses who? People. Well, how does the enemy go about his work on the earth? He uses Exactly. So today I want to spend a few moments and talk about having the right people. You know, you, you, you think about this, um, if you ever watch the ESPYs, like the ESPN Sports Awards, or if you ever watch the Oscars, granted, we didn't, really don't get into those like we used to, well, this year we did, but we typically don't get into the Oscars, uh, you know, unless somebody's slapping somebody, then it kind of makes news. Or the Emmys, you know, what happens the award winner during the ceremony, they get up, and what do they typically do? They thank who? A whole list of people. Like, man, I want to thank God. And come on, all the Christians, when you see that, you're like, I had no idea. They're like when rap artists get up, I want to thank God first and foremost. I'm like, man, I listened to your album. I think you ought to be thanking the enemy. Anyhow, that's, that's a separate conversation. But, but sometimes you have athletes, and what, what do they do? Man, they're thanking their, 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 you know, their wife or their husband, or God, or their, their aunt uh, Mabel, you know, or Uncle Harvey, you know, who first tossed the football with me, or somebody taught me to sing, made me get up at church and sing every Sunday, and now they're a superstar. You know, it's, they're thanking, they're giving credit to who? Those closest to them. Now, I don't want you to get conceited with this, but I want to picture yourself at the, the end of your days receiving the crown of life that God has for you, right? We read about that biblically, that we'll all receive the crown of life. I want you to almost, if you can, just, I know it's a bit using your imagination, see yourself receiving that, and who would you thank? You'd probably give credit to the right people. You know, I've never seen an award ceremony and somebody gets up and they're like, you know, 
I want to take a minute, I want to take a minute and thank myself. You know, for being so amazing, I wrote down here, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was so focused, determined, and gifted to create my own destiny without the help of anyone else, right? In lieu of this incredible award, I'm thankful for me, right? No, no, you'd be like, done. <laughs> no, people think those closest to them. Biblically, you can see this. The first story of the Bible is the creation account, the book of Genesis. We see that night has day. We see that sea has land. All the way we get to the end when God created humanity in his image. In the first chapter, Genesis 1, we see that it's a, it's a brief account. And in Genesis 2, we see the underlying theme that God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. He created community. Eve is a, is a symbol, it's not only symbolic, it, it, it happened, but it's a symbolic reminder, it's an encouragement towards us that, man, right at the outset, God has created us for community. And he's created us to cultivate community and to cultivate relationships with others. I think about some of the right people in my life. I was getting a bit nostalgic on my drive-in today. Emma, our youngest, wasn't asking me a million questions, so I was able to focus this particular morning. And I was just reflecting on the right people in my life. I remember, y'all, in in my first year of full-time ministry in Florida at Destiny Worship Center, Pastor Steve Vigalis, my same pastor, one of our church overseers still to this day, I remember he called me. And I really had to discern whether it was the Lord or the devil because he invited me to something I was unfamiliar with. It's called Tuesday morning prayer. And it started at 6 a.m. I was convinced God wasn't even awake. And so I was like, mm. but um, he was also my boss, so I gladly agreed and showed up with a smile. But out of just that invitation, my prayer life immediately began to take off. Immediately. Let's be honest, I had no choice. I knew at least one day a week I was having to be zoned in and focused. And I was surrounded by a group of men, except for one, all of them older than me. All of them married longer than me. All of them, even many of them, parenting, having to walk through all of the experiences of parenting. Almost every time we would end and people would express their needs, I learned the power of authenticity. I learned the, the power of transparency. I learned the power of not living in secret, but living humbly before others. And you're like, wow, just in that prayer group? Yeah, just in that prayer When I was awake, just in that prayer group. And then, <clears throat> slowly but surely, I would get connected with other people through that group that would just, these little offsprings of life began to happen. We would reach a point where after one year on that prayer journey, a pastor invited the Tuesday morning prayer group to pray about something that had been on his heart, a passion he had been carrying for another campus. Out of that prayer group, the idea for a campus would come up. In fact, with other people in mind to pastor that campus. And I learned a journey through that. I'm really excited for them, praying for them having meetings with them, and man, you're going to knock it out of the park. And then they would drop off. And then they would drop off. 
And then the deadline for the campus was still coming, and my pastor turned to me. He said, would you pray about this? I said, do I have a choice? He said, no. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but from that prayer group, from that one invitation, they're becoming a campus pastor. Kelly and I pioneering a new church campus. Unique for us. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about divine orchestration. Think about your life. Think about somebody invited you to something. Or somebody maybe you bumped into accidentally. Or maybe you were here and you got connected into a small group with all that hesitancy. Well, should I go or should I not? These people are interesting, you know. But you showed up and at that group, somebody got connected with you. And now that's began to change the trajectory of your life. It's the divine orchestration of Almighty God. Think about Josh who preached last week. I know Josh, uh, I, 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 I know um, has been divinely connected with many of you. Begin to encourage your life. I think about Josh. You know how I met Josh? Josh's daughter went to preschool where my daughter went to preschool. We showed up to an event. I look over, and I thought that this is the worship pastor from a, a, a local church here. I looked to my left, and I yelled out the guy's name. I said, Carmen! And Josh looked at me like, He looked over, he said, hey, I'm not Carmen, but I know Carmen. So that's good enough for me. So Josh came. <laughs> you know Josh. I didn't draw near. Josh drew near. We just began chatting. And so for a few years, this random guy and I, we would text back and forth. We'd have coffee randomly until he felt like the Lord was leading him to be closer to his, his daughters, moved over the bridge. You've heard his story. If you've heard him preach some, some of this, some of you serve with him or been in his group, you've heard this. Well, what is that? That's a divine orchestration. I want you to hear loud and clear. God is working. He's moving in your life right now. It may seem blank. It may seem empty. But he is moving right now to bring people across your path to lead you into the life he's called for you to live. I mean, when I say it may look empty, you're like, it's empty. I got no, but I'm an island. Hear me loud and clear. I believe, I even prophetically declare over your life, I know that I know that I know God is faithful. He's moving in your life. He's going to send some people across your path. I've seen too much. You know that song, it, it's too good to not believe? I've seen too many times to just count it as, well, sheer coincidence. John Wesley's attributed with the statement. He didn't say it, but he's attributed with it. Um, that, that, you know, when you pray, coincidences happen. That's the truth of how God works. Isn't it funny? When we pray, coincidences happen. Think about your own life, though. I'm sure you could take a moment and just think about two, three. I'm not saying if you have a list of 30, you probably got too many voices. That's another message another time. But begin to think of maybe your, your five, your four, your three. Sometimes when you're starting out, there's just one encouraging voice. Speaking words of hope, speaking words of life. Scripture is very clear about the influence of others. 1 Corinthians 15, we see Paul, one of the foremost evangelists. He encouraging the Corinthian church. It's just kind of a simple note, but it's a powerful statement. And if you've ever journeyed through it, you know it to be true. But it says, do not be misled. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves with the next part. How many of you know you can be misled? I can be misled. Just part and parcel. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, you've got an enemy of your soul. 
And he's going to send some people across your path to mislead you and me. Do not be misled. Bad company, what does it do? Say it. Corrupts what? Good character. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does. I've seen it to be true. Some of you have had cycles in your life. If we're just transparent, we've had cycles in our life. And what's the problem? We've been misled. We keep running to the same voices. We keep running to the same pools of water. And God's like, oh, turn that down. Turn this up. Makes all the difference. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. That's the most encouraging verse in my life. Find some wise people, you're going to become wise. If you're a fool, find some wise people, you're going to become wise. I can testify. Tuesday morning prayer. I found some wise people and I kept showing up. Did I want to always be there? No. Was it always a blast? No. Is challenge always a blast? No. But when you walk with the wise, what do you do? You have to face your insecurities. You have to face your fears. You have to face the uncomfortable uh, uh, confrontation that people bring. And what do you do? You've got to grow, right? Sometimes the people that are maybe frustrating us in the moment, they're the exact people God's calling and bringing along our path to be wise. This message is a bit of a testimony if you haven't realized for me. All right, walk with the wise. Become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 27, 17, I'm sure you've heard this, right? As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Beautiful passage. Each of these scriptures, it's driving home a powerful principle that you and I are influenced by the people we're surrounding ourselves with. So what I want to talk about is having the right people in your life. So we give you really two thoughts to think about. Two people groups in your life. Those that you receive from. Can you say those two words with me? Receive from. And those you contribute toward. Contribute toward. Okay, so there's, there's two, kind of two groupings of people that are the right people in our life. There are voices we receive from. Amen? But God has not called for us to live a spirituality that's a dam. It's not called for us just to keep getting information, information, information. How many Bible studies can I do? How many groups can I be in? How much information can I absorb? No, that's important. That's the receive from. But we believe here, if nobody shared this with you, I believe in and over your life wholeheartedly. You've been Coordinated and choreographed by God, not only to receive from, but here it is, contribute toward. You may be like, who, me? Yes, you. So I want to take a quick moment. Look at, look at these two groupings of people. So the first, it's very important. This is vital. If you're a parent in the room, this is what you pray over your children, what you pray over your teenagers, especially. Man, you, 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 you like soaking their pillow with anointing oil every night as they lay their head on the pillow, praying, God, have people in their life that they can receive from. No, not them, them. And you just, you just pray. Ain't nothing going to make you pray like a teenager. So I've heard. So I've experienced <laughs> with my parents. But it's important to think about. Receive 
from. As I look back on different seasons of life, it's been so encouraging to see people God brought across my path who helped me grow, strengthen, dream, and fulfill his calling and purposes over my life. I remember people that I would receive from, some very close, maybe others in the distance, but they would just have an encouraging word in due season, exactly what I needed to hear. Maybe there's a dream. It's like, man, I know I can't do this. I can't pull this off. And somebody comes along and says, well, that's exactly where you need to be because with God's strength, you can. You know what I mean? It's, the, it's having people that you can receive from. Now, here's what I look for. This is a little bit of my list, but here's why I want to equip you because if you're not careful, you just think anybody with a smile on their face is the right person in your life. No. That's not always the case. So I have a, I have a list. I have, okay, well, 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 who are some of these right people? So here's my, here's my list. I'm not telling you. You do you. But get a lot of scripture in the mix, okay? But for me, I always lean in. Now this is, keep in mind, this is the receiving from. Fruit of the Spirit. That's kind of ground zero for me. Fruit of the Spirit. Are, do they have to be perfect in the fruit of the Spirit? No. But I have to see that they... The Lord is doing a work, and they desire the fruit of the Spirit. Well, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. That's a big one for me. Like, you're a dude. I know. Gentleness. Do people carry a gentle spirit or are they tricker happy and loud? Yikes. Yeah. Self-control. Don't get upset with me. I see some of your faces. This isn't me, okay? Wrong Paul. We're talking about Paul the Apostle, not just Pastor Paul. Like, I'm quoting scripture here. Y'all looking so intense like I'm to blame. No. Look, put your rocks down, you guys. That's just the scripture. Quit getting so aggressive. Take on a spirit of gentleness. No. (laughs) But I'm for real. I'm for real. Yo, 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 yo. You can see this. Hold down. Hold up. Let me cover myself. You can see this on Facebook, y'all. I've been seeing some of you. What you doing? Get the right people in your life. Get the fruit of the Spirit going on, y'all. Come on. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I meant to say at the beginning of this message, this may or may not be inappropriately painful for some areas of our inner world. Consistency, that's a big thing I have. Big thing in my my life. I'm not perfect. Don't don't make any assumptions on that. I am not perfect, but I think it would be helpful for the people you receive from. Keep in mind, not the people God's called for you to contribute to. We'll get there. But the people that you receive from. Because one thing I know over time, the voices in your life determine the vision for your life. It happens. Even if you are here and an unbeliever and you want nothing to do with this message, this is true, saved or unsaved. It's true. It's true. It's a spiritual principle wrapped in the DNA of Scripture and the DNA of the history of humanity. You've seen wars have started by some terrible advice. They had the wrong people. Unnecessary wars. They had the wrong information and the wrong people advising. Presidents, 
uh, prime ministers, queens, kings, popes. Look at the history of war. The wrong people at the wrong time giving the wrong information. It's the same that can happen in our life. I look for consistency. Does their life have consistency over the long haul? Do they have character? Do I see the same thing in every arena of their life? Again, we're not talking perfection here. We're just, we're just wanting to again begin to think about, man, who are the loudest voices, right? Who are the right people God's organized in our life? Do they speak life? I will say that's just that's 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 more personal. That's more more Paul, just as a human. The people closest to me, I navigate. I, I, if I'm going to receive from them, they got to be life speakers. They've got to be not. Can they have a down day? Absolutely. Can they have a hard season? One hundred percent. Life is real, but over the long haul, I want to see consistency. Can they speak life? Not prone to gossip not prone to fear and anxiety. And then here's the kicker. They have holy fruit in their life. I could see some holy fruit, some character. Those, that's my list. Hasn't always been my list. Hasn't always been my list. Man, when I was early in ministry, I was captivated by like famous preachers. Like celebrity pastors were the jam. It's like, I want to be them. I wanna, oh man, that would be incredible. Isn't that the goal of ministry, to have a million people know your name and have a, a Facebook and social media following? I know, right? That, that's who I used to be. It's, I've been delivered. It's okay. But I remember being captivated, and then slowly over time, slowly over time, sometimes quite rapidly over time, it was like, you start hearing, come on, you know what they say, never meet your heroes, but there's a level of truth to it, because over time, it's like, oh, bummer, bummer. Not in a judgy way, just, ooh, I gave them that much voice when really I probably should have been meeting with the Lord and giving them that, that much voice, right? So I look for holy fruit in their life. Do this, do this, not, yes, do this with me, please, but do this with um, any voice that, that God's called and caused for, be, for you to be in your life. And then I ask this, like, so this is a big question. Do they bear fruit in areas of their life that you are interested in growing and developing. Right? So, believe it or not, I need help in relationships. Okay? Believe it or not, that Tuesday morning men's group, amongst many other things, really helped me in my marriage. My first year of marriage, um, I wasn't used to my wife having an opinion. I had lived life where I was always right and never wrong. And I realized seeing other people navigate, that, hey, every once in a while, about once or twice a year, I can make a mistake. So I had to humble myself <laughs> once or twice an hour. I don't know. But I mean that, but here's what I didn't do. People didn't have to be perfect, but if their marriage was healthy, I would open myself up to hear from them. People had been a decade, 15, 20, 25, 30 45 years in their marriage. Come on, when it's your first year of marriage, you think you know everything, and so you want to share that with everybody? Nah, don't do that. Don't do that. You don't, you do not know everything. You got a lot to learn. God bless you, but oh my gosh. So sometimes I see people getting wisdom on their marriage, not here, right? Not here. 
Another place I've seen over the history of my life, man, sometimes people are getting insight on their marriage, and it's like, well, hold on. You need to seek wise because you've got to have the right people. So you've got to ask yourself, man, do they have fruit in their life? Like, for example, Dave Ramsey is tremendous in the area of finances. But if you had tried to gain and glean wisdom from Dave Ramsey when he was filing for bankruptcy, that's a bad idea. You know? I mean, it just is, because what was God doing? God was writing and rewriting his story in his life. I'm not saying Dave Ramsey's perfect. I'm just saying his financial plans have had a tremendous influence on, on my life, our marriage, our family, because we, we, we believe some of his truths and, and work some of his truths. Now, I say that to say sometimes we're like, hey, mom, dad, what do you think? And let's be honest, not my parents, so I don't think this is a personal example. But sometimes we're like, hey, mom, dad, what would you do in your finances? And they're like in triple-digit debt. Just don't ask them. Love them, but they don't, they're not the right boys. So think about, do they bear fruit in areas of their life that you, that you are interested in growing and developing? Financial wisdom, parenting counsel, relational health, godly example. Are they generous? You know, like you don't want to ask, hypothetically, a tremendously tight-fisted, stingy person, hey, what do you think about the tithe? They ain't got a clue, right? Oh, okay, let's not go there. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Terrible example. I'm an awesome. See what happens when I take a week off? Good Lord, help me, Jesus. But I mean that, right? If, If the Lord speaks to us in the private, Paul, I'm going to cultivate generosity in your life. Sometimes I've got to position myself to receive from the right people. Who's that? Generous people who are like ridiculously cheerful givers. Like, man, we just gave away a car. What? No, just because they get it, right? You got it, you get it, you get it, you got it, moving on, done, fine, you're welcome. Receive from the right people. Contribute. Now let's shift gears, okay? Let's shift gears. You have something to offer others. Your life story is not finished being written. There are major milestones in your life. There are things you've experienced in your family of origin that you would never say in public. Brokenness, abuse, trauma. You were left out, kicked out. But God has brought you forward in life. You've been healed. You're not perfect, but God is bringing forth good fruit. He's bringing forth his story in your life. Yeah, you made some mistakes. Yeah, you've reaped some consequences, but you've been touched by the mercy and the grace of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's healing areas in your life. Can I tell you, you are a prime candidate for God to use to speak into other people's lives. Think of Dave Ramsey. Bankrupt. Then he did something ridiculous. He paid it all back. Then he started this business. Can I tell you what is that a picture of? It's a picture, not of somebody perfect, don't misread me, but somebody got healthy in a major area that cripples people's lives. He tasted defeat and in some ways even tasted death with it, but God rewrote his story. So what is he doing? God grew and gave him a platform to help set others' people free in the area of their finances. 
Can I tell you, God does the same things. For those of you that have been addicted, whether it's to substances or to uh, pornography or to relationship hiccups, can I tell you, when God brings healing, it always has a purpose to bring you first and foremost into intimacy and closeness with him because the first step is to remove the shame, amen? It's to actually know how loved you are despite what you did or do. So that's the first point of healing. But then what he does over time is, guess what? He opens the window for you to contribute towards others in their life. You don't need to rush into it, but you let God form you and free you, and that becomes a platform for you to contribute towards others. Apostle Paul's come up a couple times in this message. You follow his trajectory, his journey. He was on his way to kill Christians. Acts chapter 9, boom. Jesus showed up. He gets brought straight into community. Ananias prays for him, baptizes him in the Holy Spirit. Scales fall from his ears and from his eyes. And then what happens next? It seems like he's given a platform, but that's not exactly the picture. He goes for three and a half years, roughly, into the desert to be discipled. Reminds me of another person who went into the desert Jesus before his ministry. Reminds me of another person who went into the desert, Moses, for 40 years. There's something about the desert. Hey, maybe we'll preach that sometime. But what I'm getting at is, in all of their journeys, they had to be freed from, and now they can contribute toward. That includes you. I don't care if you just came to know Jesus a week ago. Or whether you've been journeying with him for 10 years. But here's what I want you to think about. You've got to be very intentional. Just as I was passionate and sharing about who you receive from, let me just declare over you, you've got to be just as careful and wise in stewarding who you contribute toward. God's got things for you to share. Jesus had three He then had the 12, right? You've seen this in the Gospels. Then he had 70, and then he had the masses of people. But he clearly invested most of his time and influence in private with the three, with the 12, and then with many women as well that were part of the 70, and then the masses. Who would would the masses be? Social media, they're going to get that, right? Jesus on social media falls into the masses category, right? Jesus didn't try to pastor his story. Hey, did you see my social media? No, no, no. Called them, prayed with them, met in a small group. Who has God called or curated for you to contribute towards? I know he's given you some people in your life. If you're a parent, guess what? Your kid's on the list. Actually, they're at... If you're married, your spouse is top of the list, then your kids, okay? Don't, don't rearrange that. I know it can be tempting, but spouse is top of the list, then your kids. If you're single with no kids, you have a lot to offer as well, tremendously. You can contribute, give of your time, talk to your coworkers. Talk to the people in your church. Talk to the people in your small group. I just love to put that caveat about family because a lot of times family gets kicked to the curb for the sake of ministry and it was a lie that dominated the 
60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and has wreaked hell all over the planet. But aside from that, um, I'm a little passionate on that area, right? It's like, hey, I want to reach everybody over here. Nah, just take care of your house. How about that? That'd be good. Let's start there. So that being said, aren't you glad you came today? Come on, y'all. If it is your first time, I can officially say, I think next week may be easier. So this is about the right people. And in your worship guides, you'll see there's a small, short, quick assessment. Okay? Quick assessment. I want you to see this. I want you to prayerfully consider, receive from, maybe one person. Can I just tell you, if you have one person, that's awesome. That's enough. That's great. Maybe two, maybe three, maybe five. You may have some or a significant amount. That's fine. But why don't you put the loudest and most important voices at the top? You know what I mean? And then kind of walk your way down through proximity. And then in yours, not on here, but in yours, I just curated and crafted a prayer. Here's my challenge for the week ahead. Would you do yourself, and I guess me, a little bit of a favor? And you keep that between you, yourself, and you. Write the list and pray for those people every day. Just for seven days. Just for seven days. And, and, and if you're really feeling it, and this has got you a little excited, would you message them? Would you just shoot them a text? Yeah, I know. Okay, you maybe haven't talked to them in, in, in you know, a while. Send them a text. Send them an email. Send them a social media message. Whatever you do, just let them know, man, I'm, I'm grateful for your voice. I'm, hey, I know you may have no idea you're on my list, but you got on my list. God brought you into my life. I just wanted to say thanks. Man, I've seen, I've, I've seen how you model crisis. I see how you model difficulty. I've seen how humble, how kind, how generous you are. I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. And then pray for him. Right? That's the kingdom of God, isn't it? I've got one yes. Okay. Um, and you, you, you flip that over. <laughs> you flip that over. And you've got the contribute to. Okay. Um, you've got the contribute to side. So you just look, reflect in your life, you know. Um, if you're a small group leader, perhaps, maybe there's some people in your small group, all right? If you're, like I said, if you're a parent, right, you'd want your, your children on here. If you have more than five kids, you just put some more lines down, and we will be praying for you, okay? Um, but these are one to two people who you intentionally contribute to, Right? It's not like you call them every day and talk for three hours. No, it's nothing like that. In fact, it could be somebody who's, you know, in your day-to-day living, you're actually, you don't talk to them all the time or you don't see them, but you know deep down God called you to keep them in your life. It could be somebody from 25, 30 years ago. And there's a prayer listing for them. Would you do me a favor? Pray for them this week. And there's a good chance they need an encouraging text. I don't know if you've seen America the last several years. People are ready to fight. I mean, I had this thought the other day. Um, What if we look back on human history and see 
that while social media had a lot of good, it was actually the greatest weapon of the enemy to sow seeds of discord in people's lives. I think about some of the political. Whew. Have you seen it or am I alone? I mean, Kelly and I kicked back a couple months ago. We're like, man, people are charged. Just wait till July when the temperatures get hot, you know? Wait till August. Whoa, we're on fire. People are charged up. I guarantee you the people on your contribute to list, there may be things they've shared with you, but how many of you know everybody's got a, a battle in private, don't they? You know what I mean? Everybody's facing something that you know nothing about. You know nothing. You think you know, but you ain't got a clue. Everybody's, some of them going home, they got battles you have no clue about. There may be something you got no idea, a family member or something facing a little health thing or other. Distant family, close family, you got no idea, right? Maybe for some of you, you do have an idea. I encourage you, take a moment this week. Life moves so fast. Man, our country and the globe, it's not America only, trust me. It's globally, everybody's so charged, so fired up, everybody's... We're called to walk in peace, love, grace, humility. We can use these things for the good, the kindness of others. And so that's my thought. There are one to, I'll have on mine, one to two, but there's a place for five spots. I want to encourage you this week, pray for them. If you do anything, pray for them. That little prayer, use it or lose it. I don't care. Have your own prayer. Write your own prayer out for these people, maybe specifically for what they're walking through. Just let them know, man. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm in your corner. I'm praying for you. Man, I love you. I'm thinking about you. And you'd be amazed. It's how the kingdom of God moves forward. It's how the body of Christ lifts one another up. Amen?